This is The House Call. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into The House Call Podcast. I'm here with my man, Joe, and we're talking all things Brickhouse, all things NBA here today. We're talking about some LeBron James scoring chase. We're talking about a little bit of Embiid versus Jokic. We're talking about some trade deadline stuff because that's coming up. But first, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, and that's Liquid IV. Go get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code at the checkout. That's 25% off anything you order and use the promo code, the underscore house, underscore call, underscore podcast at liquidiv.com. LeBron James, he is getting awfully close, ladies and gentlemen. He is getting very, very close to that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar all-time regular season scoring record, which currently sits at 38,387 points. That's a just a crazy number to Unreal. think about scoring that many Unreal. points. It's ridiculous. Um, and, this, and listen, this record was once thought to be untouchable, and it's been damn near untouchable for, for four decades. For 39 years, Kareem has held this record, and... Listen, I don't know when he's going to break it. He's actually going to be out for Monday's game versus Brooklyn, which actually felt kind of strategic to me when you look at the kind of schedule of of what the Lakers got going on as far as the games they have on their schedule and when I think he wants to break it. I think his options of breaking it would be Saturday against New Orleans. He'd have to average 39 points per game, assuming he plays all the games up until New Orleans besides the, the Brooklyn game. Or it would be at home against Oklahoma City on Tuesday, which will be 29.3 points per game for all the games upcoming to Oklahoma City. But I think the one that he wants to to break it on is Thursday at home versus Milwaukee, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's probably the best player in the league right now, on TNT. So it's Lakers at home versus the Bucks. I think it will be next Thursday on TNT. So he's going to have options to to when he wants to break this. He's obviously going to break it at some point because you don't just get this close and then not break it. So, Joe, first of all, when do you think he breaks it? And second of all, where does this rank among his all-time accomplishments considering how much he's accomplished in such a, a historic career? I mean, let's be real here. If you're, if you're a Laker and you're going to break an all-time Laker great – all-time scoring record you have to do it at home so it has to be a home game right and to do it against Giannis would be like one of the great it put it would put LeBron in relevancy where some people feel like he's fallen out of one of the top players in the league uh because you know his age and how many games he's playing injuries of how the Lakers are doing all those sorts of things play into the person's legacy but obviously breaking the record against Giannis would be amazing it'd be incredible and like you said, it means that he could rest a little bit. He wouldn't have to score, feel the need to score as many points. And obviously breaking it at home, that's what's going to be the, the, the kicker there, right? You're going to have some big people in the house for the, for that game. Kareem will probably – I wouldn't be surprised to see him there. A lot of the, the retired guys are going to be there. A lot of celebrities are going to be there. It's going to be a big thing. And to have it happen in L.A., it's just going to add to the storyline national televised game. That's when it should happen. That's when I want it to happen. Obviously, you know, I'm wearing my Celtic shirt right now. LeBron – I'm. I fall into the category of a LeBron hater, but as far as like where it ranks, this is an all time thing. Like championships are are fun are all fine and dandy and stuff like that. But you know, to be the all time leading scorer in the NBA, a a record that has stood for, like you said, almost four decades. And you're passing a guy who is a all time great player in Kareem. And the only thing I want is him to end it. the, the, The shot that breaks the record, I want it to be a sky hook has to be a skyhook just has to be 
And it, it, I don't care if he does it 17 times and only makes one of them, as long as that's the <laughs> shot that he, he makes it on. I don't care. As long as it's a skyhook, because that's going to be awesome. That'd be like the perfect storyline for this entire thing. Don't get me wrong. I don't think they should lose so he can make it on a skyhook. But at the same time, <laughs> if it was a skyhook, it'd just be like a little cherry on top of that cake that is LeBron's all-time scoring record passing Kareem. Does it at home, does it with a skyhook, does it in front of everybody else on national television. You can't tell me that's not just straight storybook, you know, once in a lifetime, you know, once upon a time type story shit right there. I mean, that'd be awesome as hell to see that that way. But at the same time, I'm if he's going to do it at home, it's just, does he do it with a skyhook? Probably not. I don't, I don't know if he's out there practicing. Everyone goes home skyhooks, you know, <laughs> Anthony Davis is out there trying to give him some, some, some defensive uh, look and stuff like that to do it. But we'll see, man. It, I think it's a big deal. It's a big deal for the NBA. It's a big deal for LeBron. Uh, obviously, you know, it's a really, it's longevity. It shows you just how long Kareem was in the league, how long LeBron's been in the league. Uh, longevity is always something that is hard in sports. We, we, we discount longevity so often as, you know, it's not, it's, it's not quantity, it's quality, Right. But when you're looking at people like Kareem, like LeBron, like Tom Brady in the NFL, like, you know, some of these some of these baseball players who have played for a really long hour pool holes and things like that, who have continued to excel in a young man's game. Because that's what sports is. It's a young man's game. Anyone who's ever played, you know, any sort of sport at any level can honestly say that, you know, if you were to look back, it's a young man's game. And the fact LeBron is still out there about to break the record, still competitive and still, you know, probably I'd say he's still going to all-star games. He's still going to be in the top 10 and scoring for the year, probably overall. He's doing everything the way he's been doing it. And I think we discount that too often in the goat talk. And I, I, I'm still a Jordan guy. I still think Jordan is the goat. I've watched Jordan. I grew up watching Jordan, but it's, it's just one of those things where, the same conversation we have with like Barry Sanders retired after 10 years, you know, didn't play 15, didn't do all these other things, went out on top, was still the top of his game. But at the end of the day, no one really brings him up because he didn't do it long enough or what we would mm-hmm. consider long enough. And that's kind of the knock we have on Jordan. Yeah. He had a lot of years. He played 15 seasons and all these other things. And he took a year off and three peak, three peak, all this other stuff came back at 40 played, Full 82-game schedule. Showed he still has it. Apparently, he's still going out there bodying people one-on-one after after games and after practices, these players and stuff like that, and just destroying people still in, in his 50s. So, I mean, it's not like Jordan couldn't have. He just didn't, you know. And mm-hmm. But it's a big thing for LeBron. I think that this makes the GOAT conversation a lot harder to defend one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely – it's. Listen, if you're a LeBron guy, which I personally, I'm a LeBron guy, like it's another feather in your cap. You know, you got another, you you got another piece of ammunition for that argument. You know, if you're going up against a a Jordan guy, but I want to, like you said before, if LeBron breaks it on a sky hook, like I've never seen LeBron shoot a sky hook before. So like if he just breaks out the (laughs) sky hook and breaks the record out, like the first one he does, Imagine if it's the first one he does, right? Like just out there, just drains, just does it and you're just like, and it just drops and he just walks away and he's doing his, his stand, his, you know, stuff. And you're just standing like, ovation. Well, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> like just just out of nowhere pulls the sky out of, hook out of his bag hook, that would be that oh, would be God. crazy but i, I mean listen for listen as far as the record goes like for a dude who listen he's a 19 time all-star 18 time all nba 16 or six time all defense four-time nba champ four-time finals mvp four-time league mvp three-time all-star mvp he's been to 10 finals he's got a regular season scoring title he's got an assist title he's got a rookie of the year he's on the nba all 75 team like we could keep going if you want. He's averaged 25 points per game in 19 straight seasons. Like you were talking about longevity. Like it doesn't get much more consistent than that. It does no. not. You 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 can't be a more con- 25 points per game. Like listen, that, that that's a lot of points in a in a if, yeah. for a game and then doing it for a whole season. And he does it 19 years in a row. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. So. For someone who's done that, and and that's what it takes to break the scoring record. Like this yeah. dude's playing in his twentieth season, averaging twenty five a game for you know twenty seasons, and he just he just now got to the scoring record. That's how far Kareem had put it out. So this has got to be it, it's right up there with one of his greatest achievements. Like oh, listen, yeah. there's some other guys who who you know I I named off some other achievements. Like there's other guys who have won All Star Game MVPs and NBA titles and Finals MVPs and have been All Defense, but. It's like no no person in the history of the NBA has scored this amount of points. And when you think about basketball, when you think about the actual sport of basketball, you think about putting the ball in the basket. You think about scoring. Like no matter how good of a pass you see, no matter how good of a steal or a block or, you know, how much, however much we appreciate someone who can rebound, like the game's always going to be about scoring. And yeah. for, for someone who people don't really even think of as a scorer, to break the all-time scoring record. And like I said, averaging 25 points for now his 19th straight year. And this is in in his 20th season, he's averaging 30 on 51% shooting as a 38-year-old in the NBA. And like you said, Joe, like the amount of times that the league has changed since he's been in it. Like when he first came in, it was like, it was those Pistons teams that were like super tough and like beating you up. And like, then it goes to, you know, know, kind of those three, the the Celtics, the big Lakers hang in there. And it's just, wow. The Lakers, and then you go to him in Miami and then you transition to Golden State and then it's the three-point revolution. And it's completely the, – the league is completely night and day from when he came in it. And now yeah. he's in, he's still averaging 30 points per game in a completely different version of the NBA. And now he's going to be the NBA's all-time leading scorer. I mean, this has got to be one of the most you know impressive feats, not only in NBA history, but in sports history. Because oh, this yeah. is like it's, – it's, it's, you know, it's the reason why he's, you know – if not the greatest player of all time, one of them, you know, he's, yeah. he's a ridiculous, he's in the conversation. Ridiculous you know, he was, he's been in the conversation as a goat for, or challenging Jordan for what? Six years now. At least. Yeah. <laughs> it's, since it's, he, you know, since and, he beat golden state in that finals. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been a consistent thing and it's just, it gets, you know, longevity and it just shows how much work he puts in, how much he's had to, you know, consistently work at his craft. And that's the one thing people don't understand, man, is that you've seen so many people fall off. Right. And like, you know, Udonis Haslam's been in the league forever, but he's really not in the league. He's a, he's a player's no. coach. He's a player coach. Mm-hmm. He sits on the bench. He maybe gives you a minute every third game, but he's there for senior leadership to help those guys stay tough. Yeah. And everything like that to get those guys in the right mindset. LeBron does that and puts in like, you know, 28, 30 minutes a game. It is incredible. And, and I cannot wait to see him break it as much as I said, I'm a LeBron hater and everything else. Honestly, I didn't hate LeBron until the whole, 
the decision. So that was just, I just thought yeah. that was classless, but that's just me. Sure. And, and he, he made light of it in that movie, uh, house party that's coming out about those guys who mm-hmm. party at LeBron's house that I don't know if you've seen the previews of that one, but he has a hologram. It's like, you handled the decision to go to Miami perfectly. And there's like, nah, that's <laughs> cap. <laughs> Cause that's cap. I mean, that was a terrible decision, but it's going to be incredible. I can't wait to see it. Uh, I know the NBA world. Uh, I said the same thing when I said Albert Pujols, you know, when he break, he broke a record in baseball. I was like, just, just cherish it. Just watch it. Enjoy it. Cause you're always going to remember them where you were the moment you found out LeBron broke the, the record. And like you said, to be able to score that often, we think about the basketball going to the hoop. That's what we think of. doesn't matter how good of a passer you are. If it ends in a brick, no one remembers the pass. doesn't matter how good the no. block you got. If the per, if you know it ends on uh, on a turnover on the, on the other end, it doesn't matter how mm-hmm. good the steal was. If you 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 botch a layup or, or rim out mm-hmm. a dunk, you know no one cares. You end up on the not top ten. That's how it works. It has to go in the hoop for it to matter. And LeBron has been one of the most consistent scorers that we've ever seen. And sure, he's not always at the top. He's not always winning scoring titles, but you know he's always there. And that's yep. what it takes for twenty years. Mm-hmm. 20 years. And it's listen, you, and you were saying it like you know, Udonis Haslam, he's in his 20th year, but like imagine, imagine going somewhere as a 17 or 18 year old in all of that scrutiny and all of that pressure and all of that expectation that was on him. He comes in with that, and then he's in the league for 20 straight seasons, going to 10 straight finals, winning four titles, winning four MVPs, going to a bunch of different teams. It's like you can't you you can't discount what this guy's done. Listen, I'm a Spurs fan, so we had we had some battles with him in the finals, and there were times where I, you know I wanted to punch that dude in the face because he was beating the hell out of my team. But <laughs> like he he's incredible. Like you just got to give it up at a certain point. Like the guy is he's one of the best athletes that we've ever seen, and I personally like. Listen, I'm not a I'm not a Lakers fan, and the Lakers aren't that good this year. But I found myself like watching like certain parts of Lakers games just because I want to see him. You know, just because I want to see like his journey on the road to breaking the record, you know? So it's, this is a super cool thing, man. Just, just appreciate LeBron James while we have him. Cause he's not going to be around that much longer. At least I think he's not going to be around that much longer. Right. He might stay another 10 years, Maybe. you know, yeah, who knows? <laughs> but, but appreciate him while he's here because we, we tend to do that with athletes. We don't appreciate them until they're done or until they die or whatever the case may be like appreciate him while he's here because he's in it. He's, he's amazing, but I'll, I'll do a pause because for, cut purposes um yeah uh but we'll transition to uh all-stars and lebron lebron is one of them he's he's one of the all-star starters this year and the all-star starters were announced last week and we saw some interesting selections now i'm not going to say i have a problem with all the selections but i did have an issue with a few i'm going to name off the west starters we got Steph Curry, we got Luka Doncic, we got LeBron James, we got Zion Williamson, we got Nikola Jokic. And then in the East, we have Donovan Mitchell, we got Kyrie Irving, we got Jason Tatum, we got KD, and we got Giannis Antetokounmpo. So, Joe, I'll ask you before I go, is there someone who you think should have been in? And if there is someone who you think should have been in, or if there's multiple people you should have think should have been in, who do you think should be taken out as far as the All-Star starters go? I mean, my problem is is that as good as Kevin Durant is, as good of, as Kyrie Irving is, they haven't played a lot of games. They they are, you know, not who they were, and they got in on their name. That's how I feel about it. I mean, 
you're telling me that Jalen Brown has been playing out of his mind at the shooting guard spot. You're telling me that there isn't another uh, point guard or shooting guard that could have taken Kyrie Irving's spot or, you know, how that's going to go. I mean, cause I mean, realistically Durant's playing the small forward. They got Tatum at what four and uh, Giannis at the, at the five. Is that how that turned out? I don't know how you yeah. do that. Cause I mean, what I last time I checked, uh, Tatum plays the three more often than not, you know? So how do you put him at the four? It just doesn't make sense to me. And then you're going to put Kevin Durant who hasn't played, hasn't stayed healthy, can't stay on the court, but you know, when he's out there, sure. He scores, you know, I guess that means something and you're trying to get big names in there, but you're talking about like, how does Sabonis not get a start after what he's done for, for, for Sacramento? How did, uh, you know, Gilgis Alexander not get, get a start for what he's done for Oklahoma city. How do these guys essentially just because you know what they're carrying their team they're playing all the games i mean hell your your guy from the pacers i uh, i can't remember his name right now uh Hall burton hallie burton if hallie burton had not gotten hurt you're telling me he wouldn't have been a starter I, and that's how it would have gone Kyrie and kd get in on their name and it's 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 bogus but at the same time if they're not starters people are going to go up in arms like how are you not going to have a kd and Kyrie out there you know Kyrie's one of the best ball handlers in the league and kevin durant can score from anywhere sure maybe like three years ago but that's not who they are anymore we saw that last year when they got swept by the celtics you know so i don't get how they're in there and some of these other guys granted you know they were in the like some of these guys are in the west and it's harder to get you know that sort of recognition with the people who are in the west obviously you can't knock that list but I mean, hell, two of the guys in the West are MVP candidates, so or the top two. So I, I don't understand that mm-hmm. much. And, but I, it just doesn't make sense to me sometimes how, because of how the NBA does the All Star Game, we get we get stuff like this, right? We get mm-hmm. we get people who don't deserve to be in or don't deserve to be starters because it's all voting and and, and all this other stuff, right? And uh, you look at like how some other leagues do, like the NFL does the same thing. It's all player, it's all fan, it's all fan voting pretty much. Uh, the NHL is the only one who doesn't really do it that way. They pick like one guy from every team and then they just brought the fan vote back this year where the last 12 spots on each roster or last 12 players to get in were all fan votes. So, I mean, that's kind of the, the, the way it is. You either get a bunch of people on, on there who the fans want to see, which is okay. But at the same time, like, it's all about who's well-known. If you don't watch Oklahoma city, you don't know what SGA is doing. If you don't watch the, the Kings, which like I said, they're, they're quietly in third in the West last time I checked. So, you know, if you're not Still. watching Sacramento, no one knows that the Kings are good right now. You don't know the Kings are good. You don't know that Oklahoma city is literally just riding on the shoulders of SGA. You don't know that Hallie Burton is the best player on the Pacers. You don't know these things. So you're just stuck with what you do know as like a part-time basketball fan, which is, Hey, it's Kyrie and KD. They're big names. I know who they are. They both have shoes out right now. So I guess I'll vote them in. And it's, it's kind of bogus and it's kind of bullshit, but at the same time, you can't knock the the masses, I guess, you know, they, they know what they know and they don't know what they don't. But if you're not actively following the NBA, like if you're just, if you're just a Spurs fan or you're just a Celtics fan, sure. You think Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and, and Robert Williams, the third are the, you know, some of the greatest starting four that's ever lived and will ever be there and Boston's royalty, you know, but at the end of the day, you don't know anything else about the bat about basketball. So you're just going to vote for Celtics players. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's getting to the point like where maybe they need to have a little bit like the starting five needs to go from like a, a committee standpoint and the rest of the roster can be filled out by fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I feel about it, it. Uh, I'm frustrated, dude. I, I like, listen, the, 
you you were talking about it with Kyrie and KD. Like, listen, it is the All Star game, so we want to see an entertaining game, and you know, we want to see the big names. We want to see Kyrie, and we want to see KD. But we should put the starters who deserve it the most in the game. We have to start doing that because right now, I've got beef with three. I, I got I got beef with three guys who aren't in there right now. And you said two of them. The first one is Shea Gilgis Alexander. He should be. If it wasn't based on popularity, he would be in over Steph Curry. He would. He would be in over Steph Curry. Listen, he he averages more points. It's slightly less assists, but he's got more steals, more blocks. He's a better shooter from the field, less turnovers. Obviously, Steph is a better shooter from three and slightly better from the line. But Steph's missed 15 games. He's missed a quarter. He's missed a third of the season. And Shea Gilgis-Alexander's played basically every single game. And Shea's team, by the way, is one whole game behind the Warriors. They're one game behind the Warriors. And for some, for because Steph Curry is Steph Curry, and he's got this brand, he's got the shoes, and he's got everything. He's the All Star Game starter. It, I, I hate it. I hate it because Shea has been better, and and Steph is surrounded with you know much better players around him. Where Shea has you know Josh Giddy and Lou Dort, like in 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 Steph's got Clay Thompson and Draymond Green and Jordan Poole and Wiggins and guys who have won championships. And you know you got SGA who's got these random Oklahoma City dudes, and they're supposed to be tanking but SGA has got them you know a game out from sixth place in the west you know so it's like how can you how can you deny that and then the second one you said as well was Sabonis like DeMontis Sabonis from the Sacramento Kings he's got to be in over Zion like basically the same exact argument I just gave before like Zion Williamson has the name he's got the shoes he's been hurt for like the last 20 games and Sabonis has more rebounds he's got more assists he's playing for the third best team in the west and Zion just hasn't played enough why are we putting guys in who are hurt? Zion literally can't even play in this game. So why is he an all-star star? It doesn't make any sense to me. And I might be getting worked up for nothing because I'm sure Sabonis will probably end up starting anyway, like I said, because Zion is hurt. But like, why is why why does Zion get the benefit of being an all-star starter when he hasn't played like half the season? And he hasn't played the half of his one- career. <laughs> It's screwed up. He hasn't played played 82 games in his career. (laughs) He hasn't played more than half of his career. He's played like 40% of his career. And I love Zion when he's on the court. Like he's one of my favorite players to watch when he's on the court. But like you can't you you can't be an all-star starter if you're not gonna play in the game. It doesn't make any sense to me. And the third one I gotta go to is Joel Embiid. Like, listen, I don't care if you gotta put Joel Embiid at point guard. Like he's gotta be starting in the all-star game. I drop he just has to be starting in. Drop KD. Yeah, you could drop KD. Bump, bump Tatum over to the three. Giannis goes to the four and beat at the five. That's how it should be. That's how, and especially and what it, we just saw. All right, we're going to get into that in a minute, but I, yeah, it drives me nuts. Speaking of the All Star game, though, if you want to go to the All Star game, you want to get tickets for the All Star game, StubHub is an affiliate. Use our link. It's you can go to the housecall.com forward slash affiliates. That's scrolling down here below on the video. It'll be in the description of the video and on on Spotify. Go there. Go to use our StubHub link. Get your tickets to the All Star game. Regardless of who's starting, who's coming off the bench, it is going to be a show. It always is. It's going to be 165 to 163. That's how it's going to end. They don't play defense. It's nothing but scoring, crazy shots, crazy moves. It'll be a great time. Definitely go check it out. Skills competition, everything like that. Use our link through StubHub. Help support the brand. Going to be a great show. Yes, sir. Go get a three-point contest, dunk contest, everything. All-star game. All that stuff, man. You can get tickets at StubHub. So, yes, again, shout out to our sponsor, StubHub. But like I said, man, Joel Embiid, like, he, you can – and he will he might be in over KD 
because KD's pr- still probably going to be hurt when it comes, you know, all-star game time. But again, why does KD get the benefit of being an all-star starter when Embiid deserves it more? It's, uh, I, I'm, it frustrates me. I don't, I don't understand it. Embiid is leading the league in scoring, averaging a double-double. He's on the second best team in the East. Like he's got to be, and they're on a seven game win streak. He's got to be an all-star game starter. I don't care who else is in there. Like Giannis is cool. Tatum is cool, but Embiid has got to be in there. I don't care if you got to put, you know, Giannis at the guard or Tatum at the guard. They all, they all bring the ball up. So you can, the, the NBA is positionless anyway. You should just put the, you should just pick the five best players and put them out there as far as all-stars go, you know, cause it's positionless anyway. So I, I'm, it, it's just frustrating, man, because it, we're, 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 we're starting to, it, it, we're just getting people who, who don't deserve it being in there. And it's just like, yeah. we want to see the people who deserve it. And yeah. it's frustrating. Like I said, it comes down, it's the fan vote, man. And it, it, it's pop it's a popularity contest. And the names we say we want to see there is because we're basketball fans. We're not yep. popularity fans. It's not, you know, like I, I'm not a Kyrie fan. I'm not a KD fan because I don't think their game is, is as good as they like to make it seem to be. They're ISO ball handlers that want the ISO shot and just create their own shot, to try to get to go in. Well, guess what? That's all fine and dandy until you need to beat a good team that plays team defense and, and plays, you know, uh, team offense. And then all of a sudden you're 39 points per game or whatever it is. Doesn't mean shit because someone else on there has to also score some points and you're not going to pass the ball. So you have two guys that play, you know, ISO offense. What's it doesn't matter because when they have to pass the ball and have other, you know, team offense, it doesn't matter. So I get it that, you know, they're well-known. That's why they're there. It's a popularity contest. And honestly, as much as I hate the way the NHL does, their all-star game voting and how they select people it's kind of the best way because you get i mean the way they do is they get one person from every team but it should just be a committee thing where like you know a committee of basketball experts pick the top five first people and that's how it goes but you know that's that's a that's a thing for people you know it's outside or above our pay grade outside our wheelhouse as we like as i like to say uh we don't get to make those decisions (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, we're just we're just some guys who like basketball who who want to have an opinion on it, but we can't change anything, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. because because if we could, we would have the best players in. But apparently, the best players and the most deserving players don't get to play in the All Star Game. Shout out to Shea Gilgis Alexander. Shout out to Demontis Sabonis. Shout out to Joel Embiid. You all deserve to be in the All Star Game. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Yeah, starters. <laughs> you deserve to be starters Facts. in the All Star Game, not just starters. <laughs> no doubt. Okay, we'll transition to the uh, Embiid Jokic. Speaking of Joel Embiid, what a duel we saw on Saturday. The two best big men in the league. I don't think I'm going out on a limb by saying these are the two best centers in basketball. We got Joel Embiid versus Nikola Jokic on Saturday. The Sixers win in a narrow, a very tight ball game. And we saw at the very end of that ball game, we saw the Philadelphia 76ers pass the ball to the top of the key and they give their seven foot three center an ISO and he doesn't post up at the block. He doesn't, you know, he, he, he's not mid post like face up. He's at the three point line and he's giving you dribble moves and ends up hitting a step back three over Nikola Jokic. The amount of skill that's in today's NBA is ridiculous because it, there, there's just so much skill and development coming from these guys. It's unbelievable. But Joel Embiid hits the step back three over Nikola Jokic to seal the game. The stat lines for the game, I'll give them to you real quick. Jokic was 24 points, nine boards, nine assists. And Joel Embiid, 47 points, 18 rebounds, five assists. 
he's an unbelievable basketball player, man. And th- I was watching this game and it got me thinking, and we obviously talked about it last week. And we know we said Jokic was the MVP and, you know, I'm not asking who's the MVP here. I still believe Jokic is the MVP. I'm not asking who's the MVP, but they are the two best bigs in the league. It's a completely different question. Okay. Because there's been plenty of guys in the NBA who have won the MVP, but haven't been the best player in the league or even at their respective positions. Like Steve Nash won some MVPs. You know, we, we've seen guys who weren't the, who weren't Russell Westbrook won an MVP, you know, who weren't exactly the best player at their position, just had a great year, you know? So with that being said, my question is, and Joe, you, you take off on this one, man. Who's better, Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic? Who's the better player? I, it's so hard to say. I mean, to be honest with you, from like a pure big standpoint, I think Embiid's probably got a better toolkit. I think he's got the more physicality. He's he's a bigger guy. He's he's tougher down low than than Jokic is. But Jokic has got a toolkit that's all his own. He's adapted into this league to be who he is. He grew into the role that he has, which he can play multiple positions. He passes very, very well. He almost averages a triple double season, season after season. And it's, it's wild, you know, but as for like, from like a pure center standpoint, if you're asking which one I would rather have, I'd rather have him beat. I mean, I really would. He's, he's a more prototypical center. He's going to get you your boards. He's going to get you close to 20 a game on, on, on the glass. He's going to get you 30 points per game if you if you give him in the right situations. And honestly, the only thing that's really held him back is the way they run their offense through him, right? They they don't give him a lot of a lot of help. They like to try to give him get him down the block and give him an ISO, but they don't give him any place to pass the ball when that help comes. Because the minute that he he picks it up, they're on it. They're doubling him. The minute he puts that ball on the ground, they're on him. And he has nowhere to go with the ball because they don't present him with anywhere to go with the ball. But you saw you see when he the offense is clicking there in Philly, he's passing pretty well he makes good decisions with the ball in his hands but it's when you know they're not calling out the the late double coming they're not doing these things to help him he kind of struggles because you know you can't have eyes everywhere but my personal opinion is you know as great as Jokic is and like I said he's probably winning the MVP this year we all you and I both were on that train Mm -hmm. I like Embiid more I I do I I like Embiid more I think Embiid's probably the better center I think that you know from a center versus center sort of standpoint Embiid would would body Jokic, and we saw it in this game. I mean, you said the the two things you want from a center are rebounds and points. You know, those are the two things you can really ask for. I could care less if my center gets assists. I mean, it's nice, it's a nice bonus. But if my center is giving me forty, what forty seven? You said and and twenty and eighteen rebounds. Mm -hmm. I don't give a shit what his assist line was. You know, I'm more concerned. What was his blocks like? You know, like I don't care. You know, and Mm -hmm. and Embiid gives you that you know he there as long as he's healthy Embiid's the better guy and that's and people are probably gonna be like you're crazy you're absolutely out of your mind but the truth of the matter is from a purely center standpoint I'm not talking MVP I'm not talking you know everything else but if who I want if I was building a a super team the center I want is Embiid that's the guy I want yeah I mean listen it's it's crazy how they're they're both centers but they're so different it's like oh, Jokic has such a different skill set than Joel Embiid. Like Joel Embiid's a seven foot three. Like he's going to dunk on your head, but he can also hit threes. Like we saw at the end of the game, like I was talking about, he hits you with the the step back through the legs, like shimmy, like, like it's crazy. That was a Jason like, Tatum shot. You, that yeah, was what it was. ridiculous. It, it looked like Jason Tatum out there in an Embiid costume because that's the same step back. I mean, you could literally put Unbelievable. A, a video of, of Embiid step back next to Jason Tatum's step back and the moves, the ball skills, everything was almost identical. 
and it was absolutely incredible to watch and i couldn't believe it um unbelievable yeah he's he's a he's such a ridiculous player and then you got Jokic who's literally a point guard from the center position like he he could bring the ball up you put you 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 know you throw the ball into him in the post you got guys cutting off him and you can hit somebody in the corner you can hit the cutter or Jokic can do his thing Jokic can score in the low post as well he's got a nice little mid-range game as well and he can step out and hit a three occasionally but like you said Joe the when I think of a big man when I think of someone who I want as my center and I'm gonna put in the middle of my defense which is the key word right there, the, the middle of my defense uh, on my basketball team, I'm picking Joel Embiid because Joel Embiid, first of all, he can score just as well. He can score better than Jokic. He can hit threes. He's got the mid range. He can, you know, bump you. He can dunk on your head. He flops a lot. So he, you know, he draws a lot of fouls as well. He, I think he shoots like 11, 11, 12, 13, something like that. Free throws a game. And they're hacking him. They're defense. hanging on him. And you're doing everything they possibly can. You have to. You have to. He's huge. He's huge. Yeah, you, you have to because you can't guard him. And then the defensive side is where these two really separate themselves, in my opinion. Jokic is not a good defender. Like, Jokic, you can take – like, you'll see guys in the playoffs. You'll see guys, you know, in a big regular season game, they'll say, hey, Jokic, come here. Like, get like switch me on to Jokic so I can go at him. Like, you don't really see that with Joel Embiid. Like, Joel Embiid, he's he's seven foot three, but he's quick enough to slide his feet and then kind of recover and then make a block shot or, you know, tip the ball away or get his hand on something – and he's one of the best defensive bigs in the league. And that's what separates these two. I think they're both – you could say they're equal on offense. You really could because Embiid's a little bit better scorer, but Jokic can pass. He's a much better – you know, gets his teammates involved and stuff like that. And, he, you know, he, he obviously works. They're first in the West. You know, what, what he's doing obviously works. But Embiid is just such a pure basketball player, and he can – and he just does everything well. There's nothing that he doesn't do. And I think if he didn't have – shitty ass Ben Simmons as his second guy for about five years in, in Philadelphia. And he didn't have choking ass James Harden right now. We will be talking a lot more about, you know, Ben Simmons or uh, not Ben Simmons, fuck Ben Simmons about Joel Embiid <laughs> potentially being an NBA champion at this point, because oh, yeah. he is like, he he's not the reason why they're, why they're not winning. Like he's, he does his thing. It's just, he doesn't have the guys to go along with him. So yeah. I, I agree with you, Joe. I think it's Joel Embiid and, 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 you know, like I, like you said, people might be you know controversial about it in the in the comments and might come at us a little bit sideways, but that's what I think. I think I think Embiid's better. Yeah, I mean I do too. It re- I really I really do. I don't see from a two way standpoint at center alone, Embiid's a better player. For and and if you really need to see anything, look at the head to head we just saw. Just look at it. Embiid doubled him in rebounds. He only had four less assists, and he came close to doubling him in points. If he, if he didn't yeah. double him in points. So, I mean, that tells you everything you need to know about how Embiid affected Jokic and how Jokic affected Embiid. Clearly, the better center won the game because that those two guys are the superstars of their team. Have no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Denver is Jokic's, it, it, it's Jokic's team. It's the Joker's team. Philly belongs to Embiid. Without those two guys, those teams are not those teams. And oh, yeah. when you talk about a head-to-head, the guy with the most points, the guy with the most rebounds, the guy who played better defense, his team won. And there, and and the teams right now are close in the standings. Like Philly's like a half game worse than you know is a, is a half game worse than Denver right now. So they're they're both doing their thing, and they're listen. They're, they're the two best big men, they're the two best centers in the league. It's not really okay. even close. You know, is is Rudy Gobert third? Like. We're not thinking about you, Rudy Gobert. Like, yeah, way back there. He, he's all the way in France in third. Like, he's he's yeah. all the way in his home country in third. Yes, but, I mean, 
I, I I'm with you, Joe. I got to go with Joel Embiid. I just think he's the he's a better basketball player. Point Absolutely. point blank. Period. That's that's all I that's that's what I believe. Um, do you want to do trade predictions or do you just want to cut it there? We can do trades real quick. Okay, we can do trades. All right, let's do it. So we'll transition to NBA trade deadlines coming up, man. We we might see some potential blockbusters. We got some teams who are, you know, making, like we talked about last week, who are making some strides with win streaks and are, you know, putting themselves in a really good position for the playoffs. We got some teams who are falling out of it real quick, too. We got some teams who certainly could be sellers come trade deadline time. And... Listen, and there's also some teams that are kind of in between. They, you know, are they going to buy? Are they going to sell? You know, what, what's going to happen? So, Joe, I got to, like, th- give me some of – you have any predictions for this trade deadline, man? Like, would you see any big moves on the horizon? And if so, where are they going? I mean, my big thing right now – so, obviously, I'm wearing a Celtics jersey – or a Celtics shirt. I'm going to start there. They need a third big man in that rotation. They need somebody who can anchor the the, the key, anchor the, you know, anchor the paint, and give them some defensive support because honestly, uh, Robert Williams is great, but he has health concerns. Horford is great, but he's aging. They need a legit guy who can come in, play some solid minutes, and spell those guys a bit and keep them healthy. I don't know who it's going to be. Obviously, you know, everyone's hoping Gallinari comes back, but he's not a defensive asset. You got him for more bench scoring and some streaky shooting. That's really what you got him for. You need a legit center who can anchor down there because you're going to have to face some major bigs in the playoffs and you need to be healthy. Cornette is not the guy. He's, he's lanky. He covers some ground. You know, he's got a funky (laughs) three point shot challenge thing going on, whatever, but he's not, he's not there. And there has been some links. I think uh, one of your, one of the guys from the Spurs has been linked to, uh, to be getting traded there. If I'm not uh, mistaken myself. Yep. So there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people who think that trade is going to go through. It's building some steam there. But a, a team that I'm really looking at here is a team that we've talked about earlier in this in this podcast, and that was LeBron's Lakers. Uh, we've been talking about them a lot. Obviously, they made the Rui uh, Huchimara trade, and uh, we all saw you know Shaq and uh, <laughs> Charles uh, but- butcher that name. I think Charles called him uh, Rui Huchimama or something like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, that's not we 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 talked about that. It doesn't tip the scale either direction. I mean, sure, he's he can do some things if you get everyone healthy. But the problem is you haven't been healthy all year. You need to find you need to make a big swing. You need to decide if you're going to commit or you're going to sell. And I've been a big fan of saying, you know, it's LeBron's team. We were hoping to see Anthony Davis take over the leadership, take over that role of being the main guy there. And he hasn't, he's aging. He's getting into his thirties. You don't see big men really stick around that well and that play the way Anthony Davis plays. I I was a pro bono of, of trading Anthony Davis earlier in the season to get you, get you some, major help and get you some big names back. I mean, there's teams out there right now that'll pay a King's ransom for an Anthony Davis. And you can't tell me like, you know, you know, Sacramento over there looking how well they're doing. Like, Hey, if we put Anthony Davis in this lineup with Sabonis, with everything else we got, you tell me they wouldn't be a legit West contender right off the bat. People would be, people would go from dark horse straight to freaking finals uh, possibility. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there's, there's a, listen, there's, there it's, it's so interesting to see a lot of, you know what's going to happen and what's going on in with the with the trade deadline this year because like you said there's so many teams and there's so many guys who could potentially be moved and i like what you said about the lakers i think listen i think the lakers are definitely going to make another move i i see the lakers and 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 
before I before I even say that, I think you have to look at the teams who are going to trade first, like the teams who are going to sell. You have to look at those teams who you really think are going to be the ones who, you know, they're they're good players. Like their team's not working out. They're going to blow it up. Like you got to look for those kind of teams. And the team that I found that I think is going to do that was the Chicago Bulls. And listen, the Chicago Bulls, they brought together, you know, kind of a, a it was, you know, they brought together some good players, you know, kind of a ragtag bunch. It was, you know, Nikola Vucevic from Orlando and then, you know, DeMar DeRozan in free agency and you got Levine and the Jimmy Butler trade. Then you get Lonzo Ball in free agency, but it's just not working out. And a lot of those guys are, are, are getting hurt or whatever the case may be. And I think they're going to blow it up. I think that's the team that's going to blow it up. So I think if you're one of the, the, the teams that's going to make a move and one of the teams that's really going to, you know, decide, Hey, we're going to go all in for a championship. Like that's the team you got to hit up. And I personally, I, I like what Joe, Joe, I like what you were saying about, you know, the, the, um, the Celtics making a move for a big man. I think they could easily make a move for Nikola Vucevic. And I think another team that needs a big man is the Brooklyn Nets getting Nikola Vucevic. I think that's, that's who uh, Nikola Vucevic is going to go to. He's been a really, really solid big man in the league for a really long time. I think Brooklyn needs a big man bad because they basically, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. If, if Philadelphia plays the Nets, uh, you know, Nicholas Claxton's going to be on Embiid and Nicholas Claxton's actually having a really good year, but they need more size. And, you know, Nikola Vucevic brings that. And I think that's some a, a place that he could really provide a lot of value. Plus he can score. He gets a lot of rebounds. Like I think if I'm Brooklyn, like that's a trade that I really want to look into uh, bringing in Nikola Vucevic and, you know, especially facing teams like Boston and Milwaukee as well, who have just as much as size, you know, as, as much size as, you know, Philadelphia does, they're going to need all that they can handle. And then, you know, I like what you were saying as, as well, as far as the Lakers go, like we talked about a little bit earlier with the Lakers making a move. And I was looking along the same lines of the Chicago Bulls, you know, seeing who the Lakers can get from the Bulls. And I think they're going to get DeMar DeRozan. We've been, they've been, you know, they, they were talking about DeMar DeRozan, you know, signing him in free agency. And then I think they went the Westbrook trade route and they couldn't get DeRozan in for some reason, but I think that's where DeMar DeRozan's going to go. I think they're going to end up flipping Westbrook and maybe Pat Beverly and some of those picks. But listen, it's clear this Lakers roster is not good enough to, to, you know, to contend right now. So you have to make some sort of move. I think you bring in somebody like DeMar DeRozan who, you know, as much as I, you know, personally from a Spurs fans perspective, I didn't enjoy DeMar DeRozan because, you know, I was spoiled for a while and then we get DeMar DeRozan and he comes in and he scores like 20 a game. And then we get knocked out in the first round, but he's not going to be asked to be the number one guy on this team. He's going to be asked to be the number three guy. He's going to be asked to provide that extra scoring punch that, you know, playoff, you know, pedigree that he also, that he also has, he's been to some Eastern conference finals. He's been to the, you know, to a couple, you know, Western conference second rounds, you know, so he's got some good playoff experience. So you put DeMar DeRozan in that mix with the Lakers, you know, and, and like you were talking about with the Hachimura trade as well, Joe, you know, Hachimura can shoot some threes, you know, he brings some size, you know, and, and, and he's, you know, he's, you know, he's a pretty solid defender. So you can put LeBron, Hachimura and, and Anthony Davis on the court at the same time. And, you know, you're going to have a pretty big front line there. So uh, if you bring in DeMar DeRozan to that team, you know, whoever's playing point guard, whether it's Schroeder or, or, or somebody else, you know, you, you're going to have a really, really solid squad. So I think that's a, a, a trade that Rob Palenka should really look into from the, from the Lakers perspective. I mean, yeah, that'd be 
huge. And let's talk, since you're talking about the Chicago Bulls, let's talk about possibly maybe a reunion of sorts. I mean, Alex Caruso has been being shopped right now, requiring two first round picks. And you want to talk about a defensive just dog and a guy LeBron loves having on his team. I mean, everyone remembers LeBron in street clothes, watching Alex Caruso, you know, put, just, just smack people on top of the head with a basketball as he's, you know, slamming that down through the rim there. So Alex Caruso could be on the move. And that is one of those things where like, if, if he's on the move, man, that would be a big get for a Lakers team really looking for some like really tough, gritty guys to be out there on the court. And as much as I would like to see DeRozan in a Lakers uniform, having Caruso go back would be a huge step for the Lakers as well, because I honestly think that he is probably what they have been missing since they won that championship. Yep. I mean, he was, yeah, he was no a doubt. huge part of that team. And when he left, you can see that there's just a gap that has never been filled. I mean, you were hoping that it would be Westbrook. It's not. And, you know, no one's saying that, that, that Caruso is a better basketball player all around than Westbrook is, but he provides something to that team it, that, that he just, that Westbrook just doesn't. You think about how valuable Marcus smart is to the Celtics. That's Caruso to the Lakers. I would not be surprised mm-hmm. if, if the Lakers were like, Hey, if we want to be serious about this, let's go get Caruso. And, you know, the problem is, do they have the picks to do it do they have the 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 capital that that you know chicago is wanting for caruso because chicago values caruso probably at what he needs to be valued at. i mean two firsts isn't or two picks you know or two firsts i believe is what they're asking isn't out of the realm of imagination for the type of player and the type of guy you're getting in caruso the guy i liken him to to marcus smart i mean that's the kind of personality the kind of great you get with Caruso. So, I mean, he's going to, there's a chance he gets shopped and could end up, you know, being a game changer for a championship contender as well. I mean, there's people out there who are looking for a solid guy like that and can provide some depth and, you know, who just does not quit. No doubt. I mean, listen, the, uh, we, we saw it. Listen, like you were saying, Caruso's not better than Westbrook, but NBA is not always about who's better. It's about how does your team fit together? And we see that with the best teams in the league right now. They all fit perfectly. And we saw that with the Lakers team and the bubble. They fit perfectly. You had your you had your two stars. You had your spacing. You had your defense. You had everything. They had it all covered. You had your rebounding. You had your playmakers. Like You had your floor generals. Like They had it all. And then they decided to break it up to go get Westbrook. And Westbrook didn't fit because they want, just wanted a random third star. And it doesn't work. So, listen... I like him going back to the Lakers. I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think the Lakers are going to suck their pride up enough to bring him back because they let him go for such a cheap deal. And now if you bring him back and you give away a first round pick or two to get him back, that's going to be one of the worst looks ever for an organization. And I think the Lakers are really, really concerned about how their image is because I think if they weren't concerned about how their image was, they would have already given up on Russell Westbrook. They would have already traded him, but they know they gave up so much to get Russell Westbrook, and they're like, oh, man, we got to stick this out. we got to make it work. Dude, it's not working. Like, he's been, he's been really, really good off the bench this year, but you could use him and use his contract to bring in people who could help way more than he does and fit way better than he does. So I think it's I think it's all, it's all just ego for the Lakers at this point because they could be making their team so much better, and they could be making moves to make their team so much better, but they don't want to do it because they don't want to admit that they were wrong. So it's like... Do you want to make your team championship caliber or do you want to, you know, or do you want to just stay at the, at the middling level that you're at right now? Because right now it's not working. you got to switch something up because it's not working right now. And, you know, if you're a Lakers fan, you got to be really, really frustrated because, you know, you've had some opportunities to make trades and you just haven't made them. Yeah. And it's, and but, it looks like they're going into the deadline doing the same thing. 
No doubt. Yeah, and it's definitely got to be frustrating for Lakers fans. RIP to all you Lakers fans out there. But that's going to be it for us today on the House Call Podcast. Thank you guys so much for watching today. Again, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, and that's Liquid IV. Go 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code at the checkout. That's 25% off anything you order. We use the promo code, the underscore house, underscore call, underscore podcast at liquidiv.com. Joe also mentioned this sponsor earlier in the episode. Also, we are sponsored by StubHub. No matter the event, StubHub has the tickets for you. StubHub sports, concert, and theater tickets for as low as $6. If you want to go to the NBA All-Star game we talked about, go to StubHub right now. Get your tickets. We love StubHub. They do a lot of great things. And also, if you are a sports fan, if you have a sports fan in your life, or you are the sports fan in your life, and you need a good memorabilia site to get your merchandise, Sports Memorabilia is the one-stop shop to get all your authentic sport mer- sporting merchandise. So go there, right there, like Joe's, Joe's showing a bunch of the – Oh, that's a yeah, sick Yeah, baby. Oh, my God. Oh, isn't it, though? That's isn't sick. that sick? Yeah, dude. Right, off, that, right, yeah. right from our affiliate, man. Officially licensed NHL stuff. They got basketball, they got baseball, everything you need. Signed, unsigned, all official merchandise. I also got I also got my brother some jerseys and stuff like that for for Christmas, and I got him a nice little hat and a nice little a nice little pullover as well. So you can get all that type of stuff on sportsmemorabilia.com. Please don't forget to like. Please don't forget to comment or subscribe. We appreciate all your feedback. Tell us what we got right. Tell us what we got wrong. Be sure to follow us on all our social media platforms at the House Call Podcast, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, Twitter. We got merch on our on our website, www.thehousecall.com. Go check that out. Go meet the crew. We also got blogs up. We've been posting a lot of new blogs lately, a lot of different topics, all sports, lots of different blogs. So go check all that out, and we'll catch you guys later. Peace.